it can change at a certain point. And if it feels like it's it's not changing or it's never going to change, you just have to remind yourself the story isn't over. If you're a person who's heard the word no from a boss, an ex, a team that cut you, a job market that didn't want you, an accident or diagnosis that left you debilitated and depressed, or felt paralyzed by any setback that you just weren't willing to accept, this is the show for you. 10,000 No's is a roadmap built by guests who have blazed trails, silenced critics, and overcome the odds by facing down their fears and transforming their failures into fuel. I don't care if you're young or old, healthy or sick, there is always an opportunity for growth. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 No's. Welcome back to 10,000 No's. I've got a very interesting topic today coming from me. Um, I am not typically a golf fan, although that may have changed after this past Sunday, Father's Day, uh, the U.S. Open, which is what I'm going to talk about, and Gary Woodland, who ended up winning. Um, It was really just an incredible story, and I wanted to share it with you because I really, as I watched Sunday, I probably watched more golf Sunday than I've watched in the last, I don't know, 10 or 20 years or maybe my life. Uh, I was in New York finishing the end of City on a Hill, um, which is, uh, by the way, out on Showtime now, uh, Sunday nights at nine o'clock. Check it out. Kevin Bacon comes from uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's production company. My friend Jennifer Todd is one of the executive producers. Uh, Tom Fontana, legendary showrunner. Great show. Anyway, that's just a little plug for that. But I was in New York, uh, so I was not with my family. I was with my father and my in-laws and my father-in-law has this thing every Father's Day. He wants to watch golf. And I was like, eh, you know, I'm, I, I always think of golf as uh, boring, which I really have to say I, I got it wrong. Um, I grew up, I caddied, I caddied in college. Uh, I never really loved the sport. I dabbled with it at one point in my 20s, was pretty terrible eventually, and just kind of decided that... I did not have the time or the interest to really get better. And so I kind of put my clubs away uh, for a long, long time. Anyway, cut to Sunday. And don't be nervous, by the way, if you don't like golf at all, if you never watch it. This isn't about golf. Golf is just a backdrop. This is really about the theme of this show, which is pushing through adversity, um, just just continuing to put one step in front of the other. And um, here, here's to set the stage for you. Gary Woodland um, going into Sundays, which is the last round of the U.S. Open, was leading with Justin Rose. They both were 12 under, I believe. And then Behind them, just behind them, was Brooks Kepka, who ended up in second place. He ended up uh, 10 under, and Gary Woodland was the champ with 13 under. But the beginning of the day, my father-in-law says, oh yeah, Kepka 
is he's 29 years old. He's known for his calm nerves. They interviewed him. Seems like a great guy. Uh, he won the past two consecutive U.S. Opens. And he the story of the day really was Brooks Kepka going for the three-peat. And the last person and the only person to ever do that, to win three U.S. Opens in a row, consecutive years, was a Scotsman named Willie Anderson. And that was in 1903, 1904, and 1905. So 114 years ago. The last golfer to win two consecutive U.S. Opens before Kepka was Curtis Strange. That was in 1988 and 89. And before that, the only other golfer to win two in a row was Ben Hogan, a huge name in golf. And that was in 1950 and 51. So now Gary Woodland is 35 years old, which is not ancient in golf, but it's also not a spring chicken when it comes to winning your first major. And the story, as I heard it, as I started to watch on Sunday, was, yeah, he's in the lead, but Kepka is really the guy with ice water in his veins. And, you know, if if Woodland can hold it together, by the time he gets to the end of the round, he's going to fall apart. It's going to be too much pressure. And the reason that everybody thought this or maybe everybody didn't think it, but my father-in-law thought it, and I think a lot of people agreed, was that the storyline for Woodland, as he headed into Sunday, where he, he they had this lead with, with Justin Rose, was that he he had a career record of 0-7 when he was leading after 54 holes. 54 holes is three rounds, so it's always the fourth day. The fourth round is when you're going to decide, you know, who's going to pull it out at the end. That's when you need to to really play well. So 0-7, that was the story on him. In other words, people were going into Sunday thinking that he would likely fall apart. If not early, then later on, the wheels were going to come off. So I started thinking about story as I'm watching this, you know, and I'm in the beginning, I'm kind of rooting for the three-peat. I'm thinking, you know, history is going to be made. It's like Haley's Comet. You're never going to see it again. And I liked Kepka to seeing him in the interview. I, I thought he seemed humble and he seemed um, admirable and all that. And he was playing well. And they, all these guys, the, the leaders were playing well. But as as the day went on, my allegiance started to change. And I started to think about Woodland, Gary Woodland. And I'm going, here he is. I mean, he's he's an incredible elite athlete just to be there. Uh, I later found out from a friend of mine uh, who's a, a teaching pro that he's also was, was a pretty incredible basketball player. So this is a this is a great athlete. But you're thinking, what's the story out there? You know, everybody's going, oh, he's the guy that gets there, but then he chokes. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. And all of the nerves, and I started thinking about you who are listening right now and thinking, you know, what's the story that you're telling yourself? Because we all, as we've talked about on this show, we all have stories that we tell ourselves. And one of the things that I've said, and a lot of my guests have said is, you know, you got to look at it like the story isn't over. It's it's not the end of the story yet. So sure, if Gary Woodland stopped the story, uh, you know, before the end of Sunday, that that was the story. 
over seven, he's going to choke. But what happened and what unfolded on Sunday was anything but that. Um, He's just playing well. All of them had some missed shots and they came back. It was incredible to watch these guys. And you just think about the, the mental power that you have to have when it's, you know, being televised in front of so many people. And then there are so many people in the gallery, just right along the side of, of the golfers watching them, they get to each hole and there's, there's grandstands with people cheering and it's just unbelievable pressure that they have. And it's so quiet. And as it's going on, uh, Justin Rose, who is playing with Gary Woodland, he starts to, the wheels fall off a little bit for him and he starts to be out of the race. But Kepka, who's two holes ahead of Gary Woodland, is keeping it together, but he's still trailing. He's, he's still two strokes behind Gary Woodland. So there, there is a shot on the 15th hole, I believe it was, and I didn't fully realize it at the time. The announcers talked about it, but uh, Woodland takes out a three wood and hits this shot that just, it, it threads the eye of the needle and it just gets onto this tiny green. And they said, this is, that's like, you know, a shot of a lifetime. And they, they kind of talked about it for a little bit, but I didn't realize again until talking later with my friend who's a golf pro, he said that shot was so risky to take when he was ahead by two strokes. He could have laid up. He could have played it safe. He could have played to not lose instead of playing to win. And he took the risk and he just, he nailed it. And I thought about that, you know, how much are we really going after our goals versus how much are we just trying to brace ourselves so that we, you know, we, we can hold our position. And a lot of times when you're doing that, you you end up losing the lead because you're thinking so much about losing the lead. So that was inspiring. Then they get to, I guess, the 17th hole. He has two holes left. Kepka has now finished his round and he finished at 10 under. So Gary Woodland is 12 under which means that, you know, he has a, a two-stroke lead and the announcers start talking like he's already won. And I started thinking about, you know, the nerves and the crowd and the pressure and the voices in your head when you've been in this situation, you, you've, you've been there before, you've, you've gone into that last round seven times and not come out on top. And now here you are, You've got two holes left. It looks like, okay, you got it in the bag. And the last four holes, he, what impressed me was he, he had all these putts that they ended up just missing the lip of the hole and going around and missing by like two inches. But he was really, again, going for it. He was not golfing scared. He was, he was really going for it. And I thought, as he's going down the 18th green, I thought, you know what? He really just, he has a little bit of a cushion. Uh, he got on the green and it was a long putt. And he could have, again, just kind of played it conservatively, gotten close to the hole, knocked the next one in, and he still would have won. And I thought, I just want him to sink this thing. And 
he ended up sinking a really long putt, pumps his fist, and it was just so emotional to watch this and to see this guy's life really change on a dime like that. You know, he, I mean, you could say change on a dime and yet it's so much work that went into that moment. And so much they talked about the the sports psychologists, the coaches that he had and the voices that he had in his head that were helping him with the mental preparation and so much training and time and dedication and and dealing with failure and getting back up again goes into it. And yet at that one moment when it's all over, now he's a champion. And it's it's just like that. And I thought, I really want to talk about this on the show because I want people to, you know, whether if you're a golf fan and you know more than me about the sport, which is very likely, I apologize if I'm butchering any of the facts, if I'm presenting it in a way that doesn't uh, feel, uh, you know, correct to you. I, I, I did some fact finding to try to give it to you straight, but really it's, it's, for any of you just to to have that hope and that inspiration that it can change at a certain point. And if it feels like it's, it's not changing or it's never going to change, you just have to remind yourself the story isn't over. And another thing that struck me was he, he had the, the, the fist pump when he sunk that putt, but then he really seemed to me surprisingly composed for a guy that it had been held back from for so long. He was very composed and it reminded me, I was laughing. My brother will say to me sometimes, uh, act like you've been there, brah. <laughs> he doesn't usually say brah in life, but he'll say that. Act like you've been there. And I, I thought of John Wooden, the famous basketball coach from UCLA and he used to want his players to be so composed that when they got off the bus after away games he didn't want their family or their girlfriends to know if they won or they lost because for him it wasn't the scoreboard that mattered it was whether you gave everything you had which ironically usually resulted in a win but for him it was really more about what did you lay out? Did you did you leave it all out on the court? So I'm going to stop there. Uh, again, a short episode, but these are the things I want you to think about. Are you doing everything you can to win? And I put win in quotes. That win could be anything for you. I don't know what you do. It can be anything for you. The next is, what story are you telling? What story are you telling? Telling yourself telling the world. And then the last thing is, do you still believe that you can change the narrative from how everyone else tells your story to the story you want to be telling the way Gary Woodland just did on Father's Day? Now, he just changed the course of his life. You may not be winning a major anytime soon, but I do believe you can change the course of your life. You can. And you got you to gotta believe it or you're not going to be able to do it. 
Um, and by the way, if you get a chance, Google the video with Woodland and Amy Bockerstedt. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. She's a young golfer who has Down syndrome. The video went viral. It's really heartwarming and it'll make you an even bigger fan of Woodland if you're not already liking him now after hearing this episode. Um, but ju- just a, a, a great day in sports, a uh, great day for me with a sport that I don't typically love. Maybe I'll... I'll start uh, watching it more now. Maybe I'll start dabbling with uh, playing again. I don't know about that. But um, I hope you enjoyed this. If you're new to the show, know that this is not the typical format. This is generally an interview show about an hour long with guests of all all different backgrounds. Uh, but we've been doing we've been doing um, some of these solo episodes lately this summer, and we're going to be kind of peppering them throughout the summer with the interviews. And um, thank you to all of you that have written in to me and told me how much you're liking these solo episodes. This is not all they will be, but I'm glad that people are digging them. Thank you for listening. If you get a chance, rate and review the show. Tell your friends about it. And we will see you next Friday.